What is going on, guys? It is Gene Jensen, and it is time for another Friday Night Live. Goodness, goodness, goodness. It has been a week, guys. As you can see, I got a lot of sun this week. Um, been out on Gunnersville getting ready, kind of doing some scouting for uh, the KBF National Championships coming up the first weekend in October. So, uh, yeah, I got a little bit of sun. I got a little bit of sunburn right here. I had a, a, a shirt on that had a little bit too big of a neck. And, uh, yeah, got a little bit of sun. Anyway, so welcome, welcome. Hey, Alex and Swampland, how'd you guys do down in Louisiana? How was the storm? I totally missed it. I, I I shut down everything this week. I barely went on social media. I didn't watch the news. I did nothing but fish. And so, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, so, so I got home and my wife's like, did you see everything that happened? I'm like, nope, I haven't seen anything. So I'm just kind of trying to play catch up. My friends down at Point of Shane, Pat, uh, Pat Kayak Rental, uh, they fared pretty good. I know they got about six or seven feet of a uh, of, uh, storm surge, but they were all prepared for that. But goodness gracious. Oh, somebody, uh, I, was, I saw something about the armed services. Yeah, I served for six years. I was in the Army from, oh, from 96 to 02. My ETS date was November 15th. So awesome, awesome. Michael Moon, how's it going? What's How's it going? Michael, thanks for uh, letting me borrow the RV this week. I'll probably be in it. Uh, probably not this next week, but the week after. And then I'm going to take you and your dad fishing for letting me stay there. That'd be awesome. Um, Stefan, thanks for the five bucks. Swampland, thanks for the five dollars. that you, you did that six minutes before we started. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Jerry Whitworth from Central Texas. Welcome, welcome. I love like any kind of beef from central texas i don't know what it is about that part of texas but man to go in some of those meat shops and stuff that are down in central and, and a little bit south of central texas is just oh man good food um <laughs> joss lusk are you gonna wear a clemson hat when i send it i think it may help you catch more fish Nope. I, I wipe my hands on it. You know, you catch those big, big catfish, like that big giant one. I don't even know how much that one weighed, like 25, 30 pounds. You know, I need something to wipe my slime off my hands. So yeah, I, I could probably use a Clemson hat for that. That'd be pretty good. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, is this the last, am I totally unprepared? This is August the 28th. I am not ready to give away the, uh, the $50 gift cards today or right now. Let me jump on Instagram real quick. I did not realize, see, like I said, I've been totally out of touch. Uh, um, let me jump on Instagram real quick. So what we do every week is, uh, and I talk about it, but every month we have a giveaway. I give away a $50 gift card to Tackle Warehouse and a $50 gift card to my website. And all you have to do is you have to go on my website, order a, a sticker, $5 sticker, when you get it home, stick you know stick it on something. Get on Instagram, post that picture, and use the uh, the hashtag stuck on fluke, and then tag me in the post. And that way, I can find it easier. Just like when I do dumb things like this and uh, don't realize that I forgot to look. So I'm gonna randomly pick somebody. I'm not looking at pictures. I I, I, I you know I'm looking at the pictures, but anyway, I just kind of pull it up. 
and I'll thumb through it and I'll kind of pick one. And the winner is hanging with hanging W Howard. This guy right here. He's got a picture. I know I can't focus it because of all the glare. Sitting in a kayak, got the sticker on this boat, and he caught a nice bass. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Get me with me. Uh, message me on Instagram. We'll get your address so I can send you stuff, and we'll get that taken care of. And like I said, this continues on. And what it'll do is it'll go through May of uh, end of May of next year, and uh, at on the uh, right then or around that time, I will take all of the winners. I'll put them in a hat. And I'll draw one winner, and that winner I will go to your house one at one weekend or whenever you can do it, pick you up, and we'll go fishing for a day or two. It ought to be a blast. Anyway, awesome. Congratulations, man. All right. Got all that taken care of. Let's get that banner out of the way. Let's get this to here. All right. If you guys are joining me on my podcast, welcome. Uh, thanks for listening. Every one of these uh, live events end up on my podcast. Fluke, uh, what is it? Fluke Master Fishing Podcast. And uh, that way you guys can watch it while you're on the road or do what I do. Try to use that kind of stuff to try to stay awake. Johnny Ringo, thanks for the $10. Says, hey, brother, looking for a good threadfin shad color bait to look on uh, to hook on some feeding bass uh, really late in the evening like sunset or just after any recommendations or lures uh, you've had any luck with. I'm, I'm guessing that they're school. And actually my favorite one is the clear super spook junior, to be honest with you. It's a walking bait. If you were dealing with weeds and stuff like that, you can throw in like a white frog or something like that. But a clear super spook junior, I have always done good with a, uh, with schooling fish. So yeah, that would be awesome. Maybe awesome. But yeah, Sorry, I just saw another, uh, I was trying to read a second comment while I was finishing that one. No whammies, no whammies. <laughs> now, if you guys entered last month, you're still considered entered. I, you could, I could pick you from last month, but it helps to enter a second time each month. Just take, give me a different different picture. But anyway, um, Lance Tyree, I'm going to lacrosse in two weeks. Never caught smallmouth. Best place to launch and best pool to fish. I don't know the pool numbers. Um. I usually just go with my buddies that live up there, to be honest with you. Uh, da, 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 da. We always we always launch just north of downtown is what I remember. So, But I really don't really pay much attention to what the pool numbers are. It's just water. There's fish there. I go fishing. So, Brett Coleman, thanks for the $10, man. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, goodness. Bass Bank Robbers. Dude, you're fishing uh fell smear tomorrow that's all he says great show as always fishing headwaters which is what they really call it tomorrow out of a bass boat any tips if you fish have you fished it yet i have not fished it yet i've been following it close uh buddy of mine tim beers usually has a pretty good handle on what's going on down there they've been catching them on a lot of stuff really i always have a paddle tail swim bait weedless tied on when i'm down there fishing fell smear um the lake that's been open for a while and then you can't you know you, you know as well as I do, you can't beat a uh, June bug uh, Cinco or a black and blue Cinco. Definitely. Definitely. Good luck, man. I, I and so Show me some pictures. I want to see some fish from down there. I just can't get down there right now. I'm so busy focused on the national championship. Uh, I want to win that thing more than anything. So, um, yeah, when they're chasing shad schools, Johnny, definitely that's what you want to do. You want to throw a, 
like a spook bait, topwater spook. And a clear one with a red hook in the front has always been really good for that kind of stuff. Um, top three baits for fast moving clear rivers. Swim, uh, a paddle tail swim bait, like I just told uh, uh, bank robbers. Um, a, uh, a spinner bait. And those little baby bull shads that catch coast cells, those are really good too for, uh, for moving water. So, oh, and an inline spinner, Johnny Ringo. Stefan is absolutely right about that. LT Outdoors, I'm going to lacrosse in two weeks. Never caught smallmouth. Best place to launch and best pool. Oh, you already asked me that. I read it twice. Who just donated $14? Laura Vive, thank you for the, four, for the 15 bucks. I appreciate it. it says, she says, the water is high on Kerr, and the, and the grass beds I fish are getting hard to find. Uh, what are... What are me and my husband doing wrong? Um, if it's if it's the water's not hasn't started to fall, those fish are going to be as shallow as they can get. Um, I don't worry too much about the grass. They'll be past that grass you're used to fishing. They'll be between the bank and that grass. And so head to the bank. Now, once that water stops starts to fall, they're going to pull back out to the other side of that grass. They get worried. They get nervous because the water is is dropping and they don't want to get stuck anywhere. And so they get out deeper. They hit that, that outside uh, line. I remember the first time I ever recognized that there was a place way up in the North of Clarks Hill Lake. I was fishing out of my 14 foot John boat um, with a little eight horse tiller on the back anyway. And they had been really, really shallow in this one pocket pocket up next to the dam for the longest time. And if we were in flood conditions, the minute that started to drop, they pulled out to the middle of that pocket and held on grass and logs that were or logs and stumps that were out in the middle of that pocket. And every single one of them had multiple fish on it. They had all got scared whoop, and right out of the grass that was up on the banks, they moved, moved out into that in the middle of that pocket. So I thank you very much for the $15. I hope that helps. Tad Myers, 20, thanks for the 25. Really enjoy and appreciate the content. Keep coming. Uh, keep it. Keep on, whoo, keep on keeping on, brother. <laughs> Good news. Couldn't even finish reading it. Thanks, man. I appreciate the 15 bucks. Kate Fishing, how did uh, you like Utah? Heard you almost got run over in Hiram. I didn't almost get run over. The guy in front of me that was literally a cast from me, this jet, this uh, wakeboard boat passed it between us. And the guy that was driving the wakeboard boat had absolutely no clue, clue about Utah laws. It's if you are within 150 feet of any vessel in the state of Utah, you are to be on uh, at uh, at idle speed. It doesn't matter where you are. And I was about ready to jump in his boat and show him because he almost flipped another dude later on today. So anyway, yeah, Utah was great, though. I love it up there. My brother lives just north of Hiram and Logan. So I love it up there. Bob uh, Slaughter Fishing, man. Thanks for the 20 bucks. I appreciate it. Or $20 super sticker. Thanks, man. Stephen Guthrie, what's going on, man? I just, uh, what did I read from you the, uh, just a few minutes ago? I can't remember. I was on Facebook. Anyway, thinking about fishing kayak tournaments next year, what's the best upgrade for my kayak? A good graph or an electric motor? If you're like me and don't like to paddle, an electric motor. But I use my graph every time I'm fishing, unless I just, unless I'm in Florida, where I'm just going to be fishing grass anyway. So, but uh but i'd start with a good a good elect some good electronics and then get an electric motor 
For sure. That new uh, motor guide that's out is, is phenomenal. And for only like 1200 bucks with the spot lock and everything else, I'm about to install one tomorrow on my new boat. So, oh, it's ATL Clutch uh, says, I'm fishing High Falls tomorrow, the north end where the river is, has super muddy water because of the rain. It's 76 degrees uh, there with the current uh, when compared to the main lake at 160. Try to get out of that muddy water as much as you can. If it's coming down the river, if there's any pockets or stuff off of that river, and they'll be a little bit clearer as long as there's no water coming into the back of those pockets. Get into those pockets, and that's where the bass will be. They'll be on the edge of that mud, into that clearer water, and up into those pockets. Because what that muddy water will do, if it's really, really bad muddy, it'll push those bass up into those pockets to get out of the mud. So that's where I would look. I found a spring on Gunnersville yesterday. Uh, and you y'all ain't gonna see a video of it till after the national championship. But let's just put it this way: eighty-six degree water to seventy-six degree water, and it's it's in the middle of nowhere. You don't even know it's there until you look at your graph, you look at your temperature gauge, and you're like, "Oh wow!" And it's just fish everywhere. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm not I ain't showing nobody. Um, Thomas Oakley, first time using my Garmin 4 fish finder tomorrow. Best advice for getting started with a fish finder. Um, just be patient with it and trust it is the biggest thing. I remember when I first started getting into fish finders, I just, I'd see these little lines. I'm like, there's no way that can be a fish. Well, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a bubble that's coming up from the bottom, but a lot of times it's a fish, but very rarely, unless you're in super, super muddy water with a lot of stuff coming up through there. Very rarely is it, it does it give you a false reading. But it's pretty cool though. If you got a whole bunch of lines coming up towards your boat, it's bubbles. I, I, I got reminded of that yesterday as I was going through an area. I'm like, what in the heck's happening underneath me? And I started looking around, got all these bubbles coming up around me. Anyway, uh, what line would you use for popper fishing? By the way, uh, have you been? I've been doing pretty good, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, monofilament is what I would use or a copolymer. Copolymer sinks slowly, but it doesn't sink so fast that you can't use top water. And it's a lot less stretched than mono, but you definitely want a floating line. Um, it, it's just, it's not going to pull your popper down under the water. Fluorocarbon is definitely a no, no braid. You might be able to get a buy with, but I don't like braid with treble hook baits because that treble, the bait will sometimes spin or topple during the cast and it'll catch up in your braid and then you just have to start all over. So, um, let's see, did I miss something? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, Rome Branson, I cannot help you with Wheeler, dude. I got no clue about that lake. It, uh, I want to pull my hair out every time I go to that lake. It should be full of grass. Back in the day when I first fished it, it had tons of grass. They killed it all. And now it's just hard for me to find fish on that lake. So I wish I could help you with that one. Look for the birds. That's the only time I've ever had a good day on that lake is look as I found a bunch of birds. Oh, goodness. Um, let's see. When will we see you on Bassmaster? Never. Uh, unless I'm in the magazine, because seriously, if I, I, I didn't film a single video this week because I was so focused 
on finding fish in Gunnersville and finding areas and things like that, I totally forgot to set up my camera equipment. And if I ever go full bore tournaments, I will not video because I just get so serious about it. I'm so stinking competitive. It ain't even funny. Me and my son go at it all the time because he's just as competitive as I am. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't think you'll ever see me fishing Bassmasters. That's for sure. Plus it takes, it's, it's just, it's a lot of traveling. Dan, thanks for the $10, man. He says, hello from Syracuse. I love the Thousand Islands area. Oh my goodness. And Syracuse is beautiful. Anyway, any tips on improving hookup ratio with frogs? Lots of hits on the pad crasher and filthy frog lately, but only got a handful of, in the boat. They seem to just slap at it. Shorten your legs. If they're just if they if they're just not getting in their mouth or just slapping at it, cut those legs down shorter. Because a lot of times they'll grab those legs and you're not getting it. If they're just coming up and just popping it up in the air, they just ain't in the mood, really. So what you do is you have a follow-up bait. Have your frog out, be working it. They'll come up and pop it. Reel that frog in real quick and where they where you they popped it in that hole, flip a a, a bait like a some type of a creature bait, a punch bait. Flip it in there and get it down in that hole. You already know where the fish are. There are you already know they want to bite. Get it down in there and catch them. Um, but another issue you might be having is you're not setting the hook hard enough. Uh, other people have issues like they don't wait enough. You know, you get the bite, the fish takes it. I don't think this is your problem, but the fish takes it under. You count one, one thousand, two, one thousand, and then set the hook hard and turn their uh, turn their heads. So. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the 10 bucks. Stefan, can we do a masked meetup? <laughs> oh, goodness. Man, I love you. <laughs> uh, just come on down, man. We'll go to Gunnersville. You know, you can always, anytime you want to get in my boat, man. If you guys don't have never met Stefan, Stefan and I met how many years ago? Four years ago at the Bassmasters Classic? Maybe longer than that. But anyway... And he's a wounded warrior, just a great dude. Him and I hit it off pretty good. We've become really, really good friends. I enjoy seeing him every time I do. But, man, I love you, bro. That's awesome. Thanks for the five bucks. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, if you guys wonder why I'm slouching in my chair, my back hurts. I did not sleep good this week. Uh, let's see. Ethan Tang. I go out every time and always get snagged with whatever lure I use. How do I get snagged less? Hmm. You, I, I'm still trying to teach Jordan that. We call him Lil Snag. I mean, that's something again. And he's the one, remember the video a few years ago that I just let him stay snagged while I was finishing the video? That's Lil Snag. Anyway, he still does it. Um, don't be a, like, let me, let me, let me talk about one rig because every rig is different, but the Texas rig itself, okay. Um, the way you can become a little less snaggy is know when you're coming up to a, a log or coming up to something. You can feel it, but I, I can't explain it, but you'll know that line is not sitting on the bottom. It's coming up over top of a log and stuff like that. When you get it to that log, don't pull it hard to try to pop it over. A lot of times that's what buries your hook. Shake it a little bit, drop it back down just a little bit and pop it. Don't pull back, just drop and pop, and it'll come right over top of that log a lot. And then to do that with a lot of different baits, but the Texas rig in particular, 
don't uh, skin your hook. Like you bring it through and skin it through and just put that tip back in, bury the whole hook in there. And then just remember you've done that. So when you set the hook on a fish, you set it harder in order to pop that hook out. Anyway, that's a few things that I could think of. But yeah, a little snag is what we call Jordan. Uh, we're going to do some videos, the adventures of Lil Snag and Sir Catch-A-Lot one of these days, just for fun. Uh, when to fish a buzzbait plopper versus a walking style topwater. Buzzbait and plopper, when they're super, super shallow, is when I usually do it. Um, I use a walking style when they're kind of offshore a little or out a little bit deeper. I want them to come up further, you know, come up and hit it. And it's just easier for them to, to come out of deep water to hit a, a, a and get a hold of a walking style bait than a buzz bait. A buzz bait and, a, and I, don't, I don't know about a plopper, but a buzz bait, they like to come in behind it. But typically I'm throwing a whopper plopper and a buzz bait really, really shallow and a walking style bait when it's not going to get snagged in anything and a little bit offshore. So except for the new 13 Pathfinder. Anyway, we'll talk about that later, though. That's I'm still uh still kind of trying to figure out how all that how that one works it's a walking style bait but it's set up like a topwater frog it frog it can't get snagged or it doesn't get snagged in grass and stuff so but it, the jury's still out in that uh for that because i'm really really working hard to try to figure out all the little ins and outs of that bait before i start talking more about it can you recommend one of your videos that show how to choose the proper hook for the plastic lures out there example which type of hook would you use for a saucy swimmer i did one of those years ago i'd probably need to do it again let me while i'm talking to you guys let me pull up my notes um let me find my list of um here's my video list all right uh types of hooks and what they can be used for all right so thanks man i really appreciate it um there is one like i said there's an old one but i didn't i, I there's a whole bunch of new hooks and type of things uh to uh, uh to go through so i may have to really really put some uh some effort into that one and uh and do a little bit of research thanks man i appreciate it um let's see michael moon <laughs> He says, yeah, it's hilarious watching me talking about Jordan, watching you two get at, go after each other. It's fun, man. It's fun. I get him going so good sometimes. So Jeremy, thanks for the 10 bucks. He said, hey, what's up, Fluke Master? So much great info. Two questions. Ever fish Ohio lakes? No, I have not. Uh, that are always overfished. I need a spinning rod, $150. Thoughts? Uh, I'll save you some money. Uh, get the new... Um, fate black spinning rod medium uh i think it's a seven foot one it's either seven foot or seven foot one but it's a medium power spinning rod it's a hundred dollars or it's i think they're eighty dollars they're either eighty or eighty five dollars but anyway get one of those man i have been fishing one for three days drop shot and that kind of stuff and i and that's what i would recommend drop shot ned rig that kind of stuff you can get by with a medium light but a medium has you can do a lot more things with it Oh boy, I keep yawning. I'm not tired. But uh, but that's definitely what I would try. So thanks for the $10, man. I appreciate you. Uh, 
Okay. I was just trying to make sure I didn't miss somebody that donated and I didn't. Um, hey, Gene, can you stand up and fish in the SS-107? I'm a big boy looking for a kayak. I can. The SS-107 was built with a little bit more rocker in it, a little bit more rounded sides than the, than the uh, 127. It's a little wider, but it's a little bit more rocky. And I can. I just can't set the hook like I normally do really, really hard. Um, so if you're looking, if you're a big boy, if you're like me two, you know, 220 and more, um, how much am I, I've lost weight. I don't even know how much weight, how much I weigh now. But anyway, if you're, if you're a good size guy, dude, I'd go with the 127 if you can. I know the 107 is nice because it's lightweight, a little bit easier to carry around, but nothing is worse than falling out of your kayak. So definitely the 107 is, it, it's decent, but I wouldn't be one. If I was a big guy, I would worry about standing up in it. I am a big guy. What am I talking about? Um, let's see. I just started bass fishing. This is tech gear. I just started bass fishing. I'm struggling to catch fish. Your videos have really inspired me. However, I have been super demotivated. How can I catch my first fish? I got a video about how to catch your first fish, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. There's a couple of lures and rigs that I use. One is like, it's some people call it a split shot rig. I call it a mojo rig because I use a different weight. But get yourself a straight worm, like a zoom trick worm. Put it on a two-aught worm hook. Offset worm hook is what they're called. I don't care about the brand. Put it on there and then get you some little um, uh, split shots. They're split shot sinkers. Ask the guy at the tackle shop what, what they where they are, you'll point them out to you. Pinch that about six inches up above your line and go out and drag that thing on the bottom. Uh, just drag it around and you'll get bit. You'll get by, bit by bluegill, but you'll catch a bass doing that, especially this time of the year. And uh, the Ned Rig's a good one. There's a bunch of other ones, but go watch that video that I've got about how to catch your first fish. And, and it explains it a whole lot better than I can sitting right here, but definitely do. Good luck. I know it can happen. I mean, you just got to stay at it. And then it's it's funny when that kind of stuff starts to go on, when you start to catch fish, after you catch your first one and then maybe your second one, get little light bulbs pop off in your head. You're like, oh, this is what I'm doing right. Or, oh, I, this is what I'm doing wrong. And it start, you start to put those puzzle pieces together. And that's why I make my videos is because I want to help you guys figure out where the puzzle pieces are and kind of help you line them up and let you put them together when you get out on the water. And, uh, and I mean, dude, it's so much fun. Uh, get back on here after you catch your first fish or leave me a message on face on, uh, on YouTube. I'd love to love to hear your story, man. I know you can do it fishing for real. What do you, what do, what lures do you use going into this fall transition? I go, I start to get away from the worms and the dragon baits and everything on the bottom and start to go to moving baits. I might start dragging a jig if I'm going to drag anything. But uh, I'm going to use square bill crankbaits a lot, spinner baits, chatter baits come back into play um, a lot more. Moving the ba the bass and the and they tend to start to key in on 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 bait fish instead of just whatever they can eat. They know that the more bait fish they get, the more protein, and it's just a better better meal for them. And they're going to you know to fatten up for winter basically. And so definitely a uh, some type of a a moving bait. But square bill is usually what I'm throwing. Another really good fall bait uh, for me over the last several last 15, 20 years has been a little Rapala Shadrap number five. 
they're a little tricky, but man, when, when in the fall, they always seem to work really, really good for me. So oh, we got some rain coming in. I just got my notification on my phone. Uh, let's see. The monkey says, what do you think about the Tokyo rig and how effective it is? I love the Tokyo rig. Um, I remember the, the first video I ever made about the Tokyo rig was down in Florida and it was kind of funny. I was, what was I fishing? I was fishing something else. I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, Hey, I got these new Tokyo rigs. Let me tie one on and see how it works. I knew how to fish it. I've already, I'd already watched a bunch of videos and talked to a bunch of people about how to fish it. And I started to slay the fish. I mean, catching them, I'm, I probably caught 30 in an hour. Um, and just, it was just a great thing. So I, the next day I went and made a video about it cause I learned a lot stuff like that. But anyway, it's a good, it's a good rig. It does not fish like a drop shot. I don't care what people say. It does not fish like a drop shot. Um, it does get your bait off the bottom like a drop shot, but it gives, you don't get the same action. And, uh, and it's just a different thing for the fish to see. And they do hit it, man. I really enjoyed it. Uh, use it with a creature bait though. I've, I've tried it with worms and never been really successful with it. Um, Harvey, welcome, man. Josh Munger, uh, what is your best advice for learning to offshore fish in a kayak? Learn how to read a lake map um, is what I can I can tell you is. And if you've got a GPS or I got a fish finder that makes a lake map as you zigzag back and forth, back and forth, take the time to do that and create a decent map. Number the other thing I would do is don't be afraid to not fish. I spend if I'm on a new la new map or if I'm on a new lake or a, a new area of a lake I've never been to before, I will not fish for like hours. I'll just zigzag around and start looking, and I'm just looking offshore for certain things, uh, certain key features like drops and stuff that holds fish but spend a lot of time on your electronics and you'll become a better and better offshore angler. I don't know if you guys, a lot of you guys may not remember this, but several years ago, Timmy Horton won a tournament on the Finger Lakes up in, in New York, I think it was. And the last day he went out and he found this rock pile out in the middle of the lake that nobody, not even any locals knew existed. And he just waxed the, I mean, he just caught, tons and tons of giants so much so that the last day of the tournament he only had to catch a limit and he was done so at 10 o'clock in the morning by 10 o'clock in the morning he had caught his limit and was back at the boat dock and the the rules say he can't leave his boat during the time of the tournament <clears throat> so he ordered pizza from his boat and they delivered pizza to the boat dock and he sat there and ate it until the tournament was over and i asked him one time i said like, how do you find those spots he looked at me and smiled. He says, I look for him. <laughs> it's the truth. You just got to go out and look for him and be, be willing to take that time. That's what I did this week. I fished very little on Gunnersville. Spent the more, majority of my time staring at my electronics for a whole week looking at things and getting to know the areas better. Um, good question. It's one of my favorite questions. That's why I spent too much time on it. Todd Bain, camping on Don Carter State Park with my son this weekend. Any tips, baits to use 
for a 12 year old who likes to cast and reel it quickly? Um, a spinner bait would be a good one. Texas rig him a, um, a paddle tail, like a, not even a paddle tail, um, uh, swim bait, like a, a little, a worm, a paddle tail worm, or even a ribbon tail worm. Texas rig it with a little light, um, lightweight, like an eighth ounce or a quarter ounce and let him just cast and wind that he'll catch fish on it. He'll get bit and he won't get snagged up nearly as much. So, um, Ethan Tang, which reel casts further and is better, the Shimano SLX or the Luze LFS? I have no clue. I don't worry about how far I reel cast. I worry about how accurate I can cast more than I can anything else. But uh, definitely, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to help you, man. I have no clue. Andrew McCartney, thanks for the five bucks. What's your go-to flipping and punching size weight? And can you have too much weight? You can't have too much weight. You want to try to, you want to punch with the lightest weight that you can get away with. In other words, the lightest weight that you can get down in there. It doesn't have to punch through really, really fast. If it lands on top and you shake it a little bit and it falls through, that's just fine. I caught a, a nice four pounder yesterday. Yeah, yesterday I shook it and I couldn't get it loose and I shook it and I couldn't get it loose. And as soon as I got it through that, that, um, that mat, it got bit. And uh, that's exactly how that happened. So you guys that are donating tonight, once again, I really appreciate it. I, it, it means the world to me when you do that. <clears throat> so um, it does go to a good cause. It does help me out quite a bit. It helps pay for some of my camera equipment, but I really do appreciate you. And thanks for your question, Andrew. And thanks for the five bucks. Um, I saw something from my buddy, Joni. Where was it? There it is. What's up, Gene? If you could only fish on Chickamauga, would you try to learn as much of the lake as possible or stay in an area and fish it all the time? I find myself scrambling all over the lake sometime. Joe, honestly, what I would do is I would learn that north end of the lake where you live um, very, very well. The river, I, there's so many big fish caught up there. Um, and just learn all the creeks and all the ins and outs. It's the first part of the lake that gets really good for frog fishing and that kind of stuff. I would learn up there first and then go down south. Do, you know, take a few trips down there every once in a while, but learn that north end the best you can, and you'll find yourself catching a whole lot more fish. I love it up there, man. That's my favorite area to fish. So... Swampland, thanks for the five bucks. He says, just pulled up my reels with 15-pound P-line. Tossed two new baits off the line today. Tried to pop the string. Been tying the same knot all my life. I don't like P-line. I bought $100 worth of P-line once because I couldn't get my favorite line uh, in the mail fast enough. And I needed them for new reels and uh, I had that stuff on there for a week and took it all off and threw it away. I'm just serious. I just don't like P-Line. Uh, I hate that you're having that issue. And it anyway, that's all I can say about it. To be as professional as I can, I, I just can tell you straight up, I don't like P-Line. So, um, Ethan, do you fish a chatterbait if there is no grass? If so, how do you fish it? Yes, I do. Um, I'll fish it and try to keep it as close and on the bottom as I can. Not dragging it, but I'll like reel it really, I'll let it sink down to the bottom and reel it super slow and then stop every once in a while. So it kind of bounces off the bottom and I reel it again. And I let it just kind of work its way along the bottom. 
the trick is to bump it into anything you can except for sticks because it hangs up on them but uh but definitely you can i just like to fish it in the grass because it works so much better um bob davis okay try again northeast texas as you know uh knows lots of water yep mostly bank setting up a frog rig 65 pound braid 50 or 65 pound braid will be good uh what kind thanks i use um i use cigar smackdown is what i use it's a smooth braid so it's not super loud going through your guides um it casts a little bit further not really noticeable but a little further than a lot of the normal normal braids but what i like about it is that it doesn't dig into itself like other slick braids do so it's a smooth braid that really doesn't dig into itself that bad except when you get it hung and you're trying to jerk something loose any line the line will do that but uh definitely 65 pound braid a seven foot six or longer heavy to extra heavy rod heavy rods better just for casting it um for most people my favorite is a six five heavy that unfortunately 13 fishing doesn't make anymore uh luckily i have enough to to last me until they decide to help me out again and uh and design another one but anyway so definitely a heavy action rod or heavy power rod uh what line do you use Swampland. i use um uh what i use now is is seagar abrazex invisex is what i used for years if you're looking for a copolymer like p line use iserline triple x super copolymer in the gray color um they are out of california they don't have a marketing budget they never have but they make some really really good inexpensive line and you can get a lot more for a lot less and it's a better line that used to be my favorite line uh outside of of cigar fluorocarbon was that copolymer definitely definitely something to look at so but you have to order it off a line offline most of the time uh, any tips on poppers on a pond and what are your temperatures in Rome and are you in the fall transition? We are nowhere close to the fall transition. Our fall transition doesn't start until maybe October and maybe even the middle of October. So we're still fishing summer, uh, summer patterns, water temperatures in the high eighties. Um, so I don't, I don't see that anything transitioning anywhere for a while. So, Doss Powell, man, thanks for the 25 bucks, brother. I really appreciate it. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, man. Um, let's see. I'm going to try to catch up with everybody. Uh, Evan Bradley. Hey, Gene, I'm in, I am the president of my college bass fishing team in Missouri. We've been having trouble securing a boat to fish the bass tournaments any tips on how to approach a boat manufacturer whoo um i'm guessing you probably don't have a budget um the best thing to do is to contact and what the way i that that other teams have in the in the past is find out who the marketing guy is usually, usually you can find that out using linkedin or you can uh, you can call their office and find out who's in charge of marketing, and then have your coach or whoever's in charge of your team uh, make the contact and do all that other stuff. Um, don't don't shoot for. I mean, you can shoot for the stars and try to get a ranger, a hundred thousand dollar ranger, but uh, get one that floats, get a boat that floats, and that you guys can fish out of. Um, uh, shoot, I know that's tough. It's really tough. So. 
Good luck, man, and have fun this year. Let's see. Let me get a drink. Okay, my throat's getting dry. Tojong says, uh, do you do any crappy fishing? If so, how do you go targeting them late summer, early fall? The only time I crappy fish is in the dead of the winter time. And I'm going to tell you why. Here in the south, the water temperature gets so hot that it actually changes the texture of the meat from the fish, from the crappie. Yeah, they also have a bunch of parasites in the summertime. But mainly the meat's really soft and mushy and it doesn't taste good at all. So I only go fishing November, late November, December, and January for crappie. And I target offshore trees and brush and things like that when they get out there, usually in the middle of the lake, the deepest parts of the lake, if I can find timber and stuff like that. And uh, and that's really the only time I ever do it. As for fall and summer, man, I can't even help you. I have no clue. Like I said, I totally avoid them. So, um, <laughs> Joe Nee says, I hate fishing around Dayton with a passion. Hard uh, for me to be fishing against the bank and looking at the same thing all day. Get out on the river, Joe. Go out on the river and fish along the river, all the laydowns and stuff. And then in the early spring and sometimes in the summer, they'll get out on the sandbars in that river too. But uh, learn. Uh, I'm, I know it's tough, man. They do get offshore out there though, but you, you really you just got to look for them. So, <laughs> goodness gracious. William Stunts, thanks for the 10 bucks. He says, hey, Fluke, I'm fishing my first tournament on September 20th. Up here in northwestern Wisconsin, what kind of recommendations do you have for me and how would you start the morning off? Uh, take a couple of days and go fishing before. And the best thing to do is, is what I've started to do and what I've always done good in tournaments is fish the moment, fish the day. You know, know what the fish are, know an area that has the fish in it, but according to the conditions, the fish are going to be moving around. Um Maybe not so much in Wisconsin that time of the year, though. They usually get up pretty shallow in the grass. But um, have a game plan. Stick to it until you know you're not going to catch any fish doing it. And then make an adjustment and start junk fishing and and fish what's in front of you, and you'll do just fine, man. Definitely. Wisconsin's a tough place sometimes. But, man, when they get up in those gra that grass in those grassy lakes, man, a, ch a chatterbait and a frog can be absolutely amazing. So good luck with that, though. Thanks for the 10 bucks, man. Um, how heavy of a weight do you use for a 20-foot drop? I'm, I'm hoping you mean a drop shot and 20-foot deep. I only The only two weights that I use for a drop shot is a quarter ounce and a three-eighths. And I'll use a quarter ounce and 20-foot deep. So... Yeah, I think that's what I hope that's what you mean. I'm sorry, man. Um, yeah, Justin Hunter, what are those biggins munching on? Um, I was punching in Gunnersville. I caught one good one and a bunch of little ones. But uh, where, what I've been fishing lately is either dragging a worm and a jig has just started to work. So, man, you can always catch big ones on a jig. Gavin Graybill, thanks for the five bucks. He says, how do you go about fishing? Offshore, do you drop waypoints and fish off of those or mark a buoy? I have trouble getting my boat to line up. I'm going to do that in my next uh, uh, fish finder video. I'm going to talk about how to line up and 
how to set your your uh, your fish finder up to be able to pull up on your waypoints and make a cast to them. Uh, there is a skill to it. I totally overlooked it in that last video. It's one of those things I took for granted and a couple of you guys called me on it and I thank you for that. So that'll be in the next video. Um, I used to use marker buoys, but I would, I would put a marker buoy well on the other side of the spot. So I knew where to cast to and, and then go back on the other side of that spot and cast towards that marker buoy. But I use waypoints now, but yeah, I'm definitely going to include that in the next, in the next fish finder video. Uh, what's your favorite Kytex tile swim bait? I like the little ones and I can't remember what they're called. Uh, they come in the little square package and they're all stacked in there. That's usually, I have like 15, 16, uh, little packs of those and I use them on little bitty swim bait heads. So <laughs> fat guy barbecue says your sauces and sauce and rubs are on the way. They say by the first, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you sending me that stuff. I'm always game for a new a barbecue sauce and rubs. I'll have to share a recipe with you when I get a chance. I, um, my rub I worked on for three years. It's a, it's a pork rub mainly for ribs and my barbecue sauce four or five years going into that. It's great. It's not too spicy. Um, it has a, you think it's sweet, but it's not super, super sweet. It's kind of weird. I did a few, few little tricks to it to make you think it's a sweet barbecue sauce when it's not not nearly as sweet as your brain tells you it is. So Todd Bang, thanks for the five bucks. Says, thanks for answering my question. I really appreciate your videos. Appreciate it, man. Jay Crow. Hey, Gene, what's your thoughts on spray scents for soft plastics? There's only one scent I've used for many, many years, and that's JJ's Magic. Just if I don't want any color, I just dip it in the clear. And I've had so much success on that. I don't use spray. Sprays tend to have a lot of oil, and the oil just kind of flushes, you know, washes off in the water. JJ stays for the life of the bait. So uh, that's why I use it. Uh, let's see. Good question, Ethan. Ethan Tang asks, how do you know when your bait hits the bottom? The best way to, for me to explain it, there's a few things, but you watch your line and watch your line and watch your line. And you'll see you're, you cast your line out and you let it hit, you know, it hits the water. Give yourself a little bit of slack and lay that slack down on the water. <clears throat> and you'll see that your, your lines, you know, you'll, your lines going this way and going this way and going this way. And all of a sudden it stops. Your bait's on the bottom. So do that a few times. Count how many seconds it takes for your bait to hit the bottom. Then make another cast and hold your line at a semi slack, you know, hold it semi uh, slack, which is where you've got a bow in your line. And just let it sink and watch what your line does then. When it hits the bottom, your line's all bowed up. And once it hits the bottom, it goes whoop and it kind of slacks out. And you'll know you're on the bottom. There's several different ways, but that's the two ways you're gonna you're gonna know the most. And you need to watch your line and you'll figure it out, man. Uh <laughs> Jesse, any tips for fishing Lake Altoona? I avoid that lake like the plague. Uh they call it the Dead Sea for a reason. The best thing that I've ever done on, on Altoona. I don't even know what the best thing I've ever done on that tuna. I had, it's just got tiny little spotted bass and I've never done really good on it. Um, with spotted bass, you really got to cover the water this time of the year. They're in brush piles offshore. They really are. And, and the locals know where all the brush piles are. Just follow a local. But I hate that lake, and I'm sorry. I wish I could help you a little bit more. 
it's just not fun for me. It's just, it's not my favorite type. Justin Hunter been watching, been catching them on a big worm on Dale hollow, thinking about going to Spro frog attorney. Dude, that'd be awesome. I'm actually, I signed up for the Spro frog kayak tournament in, October, in September. In October, I'm going to be focused on KBF national championship. So I'm not going to be able to fish the, the Gunnersville Spro frog tournament. But uh, dude, I, the kayak one, I, 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 they sent me my, my notification today. But man, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Swampland Seaguar Red Label Fluorocarbon. That's a good fluorocarbon. It's a little stiffer. It's a less expensive fluorocarbon in the Seaguar line. And so it's a different kind of resin. And that resin is, uh, is a little stiffer than the more expensive stuff. But like any fluorocarbon, you get what you pay for. But it's good stuff. It really is. I use it for leader all the time. Um, hey, Rob Abner, uh, that's a good suggestion for Jesse. He says, fish, uh, check out the Fish North Georgia YouTube channel. Definitely. I did a video with those guys. Definitely. They do a lot of the small lakes and stuff around here. Uh, have you fished spy bait much? Really getting into it lately. Any tips? I don't fish it the way that people teach you to fish it. I use it as a schooling bait, um, a schooling bait. Uh, when the fish are up school and I use it and you cast at them, but I really have not had a whole lot of luck cast fishing it the way they say it is. Cause I don't have a lot of those super clear lakes either. And so that's, that's mainly the reason it's really good in, in really clear water. So, um, <laughs> Ray Frazier, man. Thanks for the five bucks. He says hundred dollar cap. What's the best 13 combo or just a bait caster Woo, with the hundred dollars? The, you know, reels are reels are just expensive to make and everything else. Their hundred dollar reel, the, the origin C and I don't even, I don't know if they still make it. I think they do. The origin C is really, really good. It's, those are the ones Jordan uses a lot. Um, I've used them. I stopped using them and gave them to him so he could use some of them because I just had the new concepts coming in. Um, rod wise, I'm always going to recommend the fake black or the fake chrome. Now the chrome's going away. The black is now the same cost as the chrome was. Um, you can still find chromes. Don't don't uh, don't think they're gone by by any means, but they're on their way out. The fake black has been reduced to 80 to $100. And then you've got the V3 coming out next year. That's the white rod. That'll be a $100 rod. So, um, J. Crow. Hey, Gene, the thermocline here is at 12 feet. Do you think those offshore bass suspend or move up? They're going to be hanging on stuff that's in 12 foot of water. They're not going to be suspended unless the weather gets really, really bad enforces them to suspend, which doesn't happen too often. They're going to be on brush piles and rock piles and drops and, and stumps and logs that are all, uh, you know, between five and 12 feet, somewhere around there, depending on the time of the day. But uh, definitely uh, we're catching ours has been at 12 feet for three months. And most of my fish came about eight feet deep. And so it kind of gauge that eight to 12 feet deep is probably what you're looking at. Um, Kyle Whitting. Hey, Fluke. Love your videos. Awesome. Have you, uh, have you ever fished Utah? Any recommendations? I fished Utah for the first time, uh, in August or July, July. We went out there on vacation. My brother lives up in Logan. Um, my dad's from Brigham city. My mom's from Brigham city, but anyway, 
and I fished a kayak tournament on Hiram Reservoir. I had never seen the lake. I didn't know anything about it. Somebody loaned me their kayak. I brought my kayak gear, my fish finder, stuff like that. Rigged up this guy's kayak and took it out on the lake and just went fishing and, and had a good old time. Ended up finishing seventh in the tournament. Uh, it was a tough day of fishing for everybody, but um, I loved it, man. It was really, really cool. A couple crazy people driving boats, but other than that, it was really, really neat, man. But that's the only time I've ever bass fished uh, Utah. We I grew up fishing for trout out there, but but bass has been is pretty much new when it comes to Utah, or at least new for me. So, uh, dang it, I was going to read one and it skipped away from me. Josh, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce your last name. Uh, sorry. Appreciate your videos, Gene. Just learned about backing a baitcaster. Do you do the same to yours? Sometimes I do. Um, Chad Hoover over on his YouTube channel, he shows a way to, to tie it on there using half hitches. And it works. You use like four or five half hitches and it gets so tight on that reel that it's just like adding backing and I don't use backing anymore. Um, but the best backing is, is, um, electrical tape really is, unless you weren't trying to save money. The video I show, I've got a video I made two years ago, maybe three now that is about how to save money using or on expensive, uh, braid. And it is, it, it explains how to do that and how to use backing and use the right amount for the amount of braid you're putting on there and that kind of stuff. And you can get two spools of line uh, out of one uh one spool of, of braid by doing it that way but anyway but yeah backing is a must when you're fishing with braid definitely uh let's see nicole whitesides any tips for fishing the colorado lakes i have never been bass fishing in colorado um Yeah, I, I don't even know what type of, of lakes they have. I really, dang, I didn't know. And it was like five years ago, I realized Colorado had bass. And I always thought it was just trout and elk. Um, Tim Power, thoughts on fishing moving water on big rivers, Columbia and Snake Confluence in Washington State. Fishing moving water on big rivers. Up there, I think they've got a lot of smallmouth up that way, if I remember correctly. I know they got a largemouth in some of the lakes in Washington, but uh, typically smallmouth love the current. And the biggest thing is, is just use a, a moving style bait that, that mimics a bait fish, a spinner bait, a crank bait, a uh, swim bait, that kind of stuff. Something you can crank and wind with the current. Always cast up into the current and bring it down with the current. Um, and because the bat, the fish are facing the current, you come in their face, they're going to bite it. So that's definitely what I try, but I have never fished out in Washington, but that's usually how I fish rivers. Anyway, they love to hang out right along the edge and in little eddies and seams, uh, current seams as we call them. Uh, Shane Whitehorn, new to baitcaster and really struggling unless the brakes are completely locked down. Does the cost quality of the reel affect how well it works? It does if you spent less than probably $75 on your reel, maybe 50, but um, yeah, I tried to learn my, when I tried to learn a bait caster, I learned it on one that was, I, I borrowed from my father-in-law and he probably spent 25, $30 on it. And it was horrible. I was ready to throw it against a concrete wall. 
So I went to Bass Pro Shops and I bought a Pro Qualifier. I think they were on sale for $50. Normal price was like $80. Um, and then I learned how to cast a bait caster. So yeah, price does make a little bit of a difference. Uh, go watch the video that I helped my nephew uh, learn. I showed my nephew how to cast a bait caster. So I talk about a bunch of different tricks in there that'll really help you out. Uh, using tape on the spool to keep you from getting really bad backlashes how to adjust the reel right and everything else. And you'll be able to just get out there and practice in the yard. Don't take it fishing until you know, have a good idea how to, how to cast it and then go out and go fishing with it. Eric, sign up for the Spro Gunnersville tournament as well. Can't wait, man. It's going to be so much fun. I hope the bass are, are cooperating. It's kind of iffy that time of the year in September, the kayak tournament, it's going to be, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Last year, the frog bite was horrible no matter what time of the year. But I think this year is going to be pretty good. The grass that I saw looked re looked like it's going to be really good come September. So Ben Landry, Fluke, we want more videos of you fishing tournaments. The KBF tournament you filmed from a year ago when you fished, finished fourth is your best series of videos. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Um, I think I'm going to try to film me fishing the, the, uh, the Georgia um, uh, challenge tournament this this month. I don't know. We'll see. I got to figure that out. But I'm definitely going to film the national championship. I'm definitely going to film the Spro tournament. Those are the two big ones I've got coming up. And then after that, I'm not fishing anymore the rest of the year. Um, but definitely going to going to try to do that. I'm going to do more of a vlog style, and I've been trying to stay away from the vlog style. Just I don't know. I just don't like to be like everybody else. Uh, I found my thing and I love this thing and I really liked it. But I'll, I've, when it comes to tournaments, I may just have to do it that way. And uh, and those who don't like vlogs are just going to have to suck it up. So anyway, appreciate it, man. Yeah, definitely going to see more of those. And that one was fun to film. So um, let's see. Black Bass Angler, what would you throw in heavy rain back of the boat on a lowland grass reservoir? Heavy rain back of the boat. Heavy rain, basically what I, what I typically do when it starts to rain pretty hard is I grab something that makes a lot of noise and I can I can move through the through the area faster. I really would grab would have grabbed a chatterbait in that situation. If it's grassy, I'm sitting in the back of the boat and it's raining and I need to get their, the fish's attention. It's going to be either a dark colored or a real shiny uh, chatterbait. Definitely. Um, goodness gracious, everything jumped ahead. Rhino Joe, when learning a baitcaster, practice with different weights and uh, how you need to adjust the brakes and tension. You're really, you're perfect. You're absolutely right with that. Appreciate it, Rhino. Andy Reese says, hey, Fluke, I was on vacation in Alabama and drove by Gunnersville Lake. Looks, uh, Lake looks great and seemed like it had a lot of spots to bank fish. Also seemed like a nice spot to camp and bank fish. There's some good camping spots around there. I camp, uh, when I go, I go to the Goose Pond Colony and I get their campgrounds and they're right on the water. Definitely plenty of places to fish. I love Gunnersville. That city alone supports bass fishing 
more than any city in the country, I believe. I know there's other ones. There's a couple of them on Kentucky Lake, stuff like that. But Dagum, they really do love it. So, um, all right, guys. Well, it's about that time. Real quick, don't forget the giveaway. Um, all you gotta do is go to my website, buy a sticker, um, put it on something, throw it on Instagram, use the hashtag stuck on fluke. And, uh, I draw a person every single week and then, or not every, every week I draw one every month and the winner wins a $50 gift card to tackle warehouse and a $50 gift card to my website. And then you get put in for a drawing to win a turn, uh, a fishing trip with me and I'll draw that in May. So uh, very simple. My website is flukemaster.com and uh, that's all you got to do. I really appreciate everybody joining in. Uh, thanks for, thanks for all those who donated. Thanks for everybody who asked questions. I'm sorry. I didn't get to all of them. I love every one of you guys though. I appreciate you actually tuning into my videos and, uh, and learning. I hope everybody has a good weekend and enjoys fishing this weekend. Uh, I'm going to stay home and do yard work. I've got some rigging to do on a kayak and I'm going to film that. But other than that, that's it. Well, like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing. Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water. Go out and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.